Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. again and it's time to hear your word thank you father that your word comes to heal your word comes to deliver your word comes to encourage your word comes to strengthen i pray in the name of jesus may all these things be accomplished in our lives today may we never be the same in jesus mighty name let everybody say amen Amen. give jesus a mighty hand clap God bless you and you may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Turn your Bibles with me please to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and reading from verse number 11. 2 Timothy chapter 1 reading from verse number 11. Two weeks ago I started sharing with you um, a message I titled Persuaded. Is that not so? Yeah. And I don't like to leave loose ends. So I'm going to tie things up today. And um, so this is Persuaded Part 2. The sound was okay, brother. It was very fine. Persuaded Part 2. Now you've spoiled it. 2 Timothy chapter 1, reading from verse 11. It says, Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles for the which cause I also suffer these things nevertheless I am not ashamed for I know whom I have believed 
and I'm persuaded. Can you shout it out with me? I'm persuaded. Say it again. Say it one more time. Say it like you're truly persuaded. I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Amen. Romans chapter 8 verse 38. For I am persuaded that neither life nor death nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. So we are sharing about persuasion. And I explained to you that to be persuaded means to be convinced. It means to have an inward certainty. To be persuaded means to believe. It means to have confidence. And it also means to be won over. So anytime you hear the word persuasion or I am persuaded, then these are the things we are referring to. It means that you are convinced. It means that you have an inward certainty. There's a certain assurance you have inside of you. It means to believe. It means to have confidence and it means to be won over. Now in the first scripture that we read, Paul was explaining to his son Timothy in the ministry that he, Paul, was going through a lot of challenges. He was going through a lot of difficulties. Is it Charles I'm seeing? Hey, good to see you. And he explained to him that as he was writing to him, he was actually in prison. And why was he in prison? Because of the assignment and because of the work that God had given to him to do. It is not every time that you're going through difficulties and struggles that you have done something bad that God is punishing you for. Do you understand what I'm explaining to you? Because you see, there's a tendency to think anytime things are not, are not working well in your life that things are that way because God is punishing you for something wrong that you have done. It is true that there are troubles, there are difficulties, there are challenges that come our way sometimes because of the mistakes we make, because of the wrong things we do. Because of the bad call of judgment that we show sometimes. But there are other times when you may be going through challenges, difficulties, struggles. God may actually be the one who has ordained it so. Amen. And Paul knew that he was in prison because it was the will of God for him to be there. Along the line in his message to Timothy, he explains to him, and that is the verse that we read. 
He says, I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded. Which means I am convinced. I am certain. I believe. I am confident that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. He said, I am persuaded. Hallelujah. And then, in the second scripture we read, which was a message or a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Rome, he also explains to them, and I must have you understand that the believers in the church in Rome at that time were going through a lot of persecution, going through a lot of struggles because of their newfound faith in Christ Jesus. And Paul wrote to them to encourage them that if God be for them, no one can be against them. He wrote to them that he who did not spare his son, I can't believe I'm looking at the people I'm looking at. I'm now seeing you. He explained to them that he who did not spare his son will also with his son give to them freely of all things. And then he ends this particular chapter and he says to them that I am persuaded. I am persuaded. He said whether death or whether life or whether angels or whether principalities or whether powers or whether things present or whether things past or whether heights, whether death any other creature will not be able to separate them from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Can somebody say a loud amen to that? And shout again with me and say, I am persuaded. Say it again, I am persuaded. Hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, anything that you set out to do in this life, for you to succeed, for you to be effective in that thing, one of the things you need to carry you along is your persuasion. Your persuasion. Your conviction. Your confidence that this thing that I am doing, I must actually do it. The reason is because when you don't have that inner certainty and assurance and conviction, you may not do what you are supposed to do well. And you may not go all out in everything that you are trying to do. If you see anybody doing something, and you realize that the person is doing the thing well, and it is succeeding, it is because there is a certain persuasion with which the person is carrying out that assignment. Hallelujah. May God give you that persuasion in your life. Every dream, every vision, everything you are pursuing in this life, may you have that persuasion driving you and pushing you in the mighty name of Jesus. Can I hear your loudest? Amen. Amen. There are ten persuasions that you must have in this life. Number one, you must be persuaded about God and everything you have committed unto him. I shared that with you two weeks ago. You must be persuaded about God and about everything that you've committed unto him. Amen. Number two, you must be persuaded about the love of God. You must be persuaded about the love of God. Look at this scripture with me. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 3. 
Jeremiah 31 verse 3 from the New Living Translation. It says, Long ago, the Lord said to Israel, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. God in this verse of scripture is revealing to his people that his love is everlasting and that his love is unfailing. That means it is a constant kind of love. It never disappears. It never goes away. And this he said to the people of Israel who were under an old covenant. And ladies and gentlemen, we are under a better covenant. And so we should rest secured in the fact that God's love for us is extreme. It's everlasting. It is constant. And it will never end. And if there is one thing that you should be persuaded about in this life, you should be persuaded that God really loves you. I said that God loves you. That love is a crazy kind of love. That love is an excessive kind of love. That love is a love that will never come to an end. And it's, an, it's a love that you can never run away from. There's a song we used to sing. There's no place I can hide from your love. I can only survive through your love. Show me somewhere to go. A place you don't know to cover my soul. On the wings of dead dawn, I might fly to the ends of the earth beyond the sky. I could go anywhere. But you'll always be there Wherever I go And the songwriter is explaining There is no place That I can hide from your love And I want to say to you my friend Believe it with all your heart And be persuaded that God actually loves you And that love is never going to come to an end there are times in your life when you feel that God loves other people but he doesn't love you. There are times in your, in your life when you feel that God is pleased with other people but he's not pleased with you. But I want you to understand that God never changes where his love is concerned. And his love for you is secure. And nothing can be able to separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Put your hands together for him and bless his name. Hallelujah. Number three, you must be persuaded about the promises of God. You must be persuaded about the promises of God. Look at Numbers chapter 23 and verse 19. Numbers 23 verse 19. It says, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? 
or hath he spoken and shall he not make it good? These words were spoken by the prophet Balaam. And he was explaining to the king Balak who had called him to curse the people of Israel. That these people had a covenant with God. And God is not about to turn on his own people and go against that covenant that he has made to them. And that's when he explains to them that God is not a man that he should lie. Has he said and shall he not do it? And what he was explaining to them is that God's promises are secure. And I want you, my dear friends, to be persuaded in the fact that everything that God has said concerning you, he will bring it to pass. I said everything that God has said concerning you, he will bring it to pass. It may have tarried. It may have taken longer than you thought. Things may not be looking so good for you. But one thing I know for a fact is that God is a covenant keeping God. And he's going to turn things round for you and make all things beautiful in his time. Lift up your hand and say, I believe and I am persuaded that the promises of God concerning my life will come to pass. Clap your hands and bless his name. Number four, the fourth thing you must be persuaded about is that you must be persuaded about the word of God. Somebody say, I am persuaded about the word of God. Hallelujah. You recall the story of the rich man and Lazarus, both of whom died. The rich man ended in hell. Lazarus ended up in heaven. And then the rich man could see Lazarus resting in Abraham's bosom. So he sent a request to Abraham. He sent him a WhatsApp message. That Abraham, can you send Lazarus? Let him dip his finger in water and come and cool my tongue because I am in torment. And Abraham said he can't come. The days where you order and send people around, those days are over. And then he made another request. He said, Father Abraham, I beg you, let Lazarus go back. He should rise from the dead and go back to our hometown. And go and look for my five brothers. And tell them that there's a terrible place called hell. So they must change their way so that they don't come there. And this is what Abraham said to him. That even if somebody were to rise from the dead. If they say they won't believe. They will not believe. And he said to, to him. That they have Moses and the prophets. They have Moses and the prophets. What he was saying to, to, to this rich man was that they have the law of God. Or another way of describing it is they have the word of God. They should believe in it. They should be persuaded about that word. And let me announce to you my dear friends. That if there is something that you must be persuaded of in this life. One of them must be in the word of God. Never ever lose the importance of the word of God in your life and in everything that you are trying to do. No matter how sophisticated you become, never throw the word of God away. If you go to any church where the true unadulterated, unadulterated word is not preached, 
Find somewhere else to go. Never let signs and wonders and miracles and income share and dilation make you feel that it is time to retire the word of God and you must look for something else. It will be one of the gravest mistakes you ever made. Because the word of God contains everything that you need for you to have the good life, the blessed life, the prosperous life that God wants you to experience. Can I hear your loud amen? And that is why God said to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. He said to him that this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein upon day and night. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success. What was God saying to Joshua? That if you can take my word, meditate on it, run by it, let it guide everything that you do, you will succeed in this life and you will prosper in this life. You say, Pastor, what is the secret to prosperity and success in this life? I will say without hesitation, it is the word of God. It is the word of God. And so I am persuaded about the word of God. Somebody shout again and say, I am persuaded. Psalm 107 verse 20. Psalm 107 verse 20. The Bible says he sent his word. What did he send? What did he send? He sent his word. What word is that? The word of God. He sent it and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. That means that the word of God contains healing power. That the word of God contains the power to deliver us from anything that is threatening to our lives. Anything that is seeking to destroy your life. There is power in the word of God to set you free, to liberate you and to set you loose. Can I have an amen from somebody? And so you must be persuaded about the word of God. Never get to a point in your life where you want to retire God's word. Never. Always uphold it. Look at what God also says about his word. Isaiah 55 verse 10 to 11. New Living Translation. Isaiah 55 10 to 11. This is God speaking. He says the rain and snow come down from the heavens. And stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow. Producing seed for the farmer. And bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. It is the same with what? What word is that? What word is that? It is the same with the word of God. He continues. I send it out. And it always produces fruit. Every fruit that the word of God must produce in your life. I declare that from today you will see those fruits. Every harvest you are supposed to reap. As a result of the word of God that has come your way. You will reap that harvest. Every blessing that is supposed to come your way. Because of God's word and his promises in his word. You will experience those blessings. 
Can you shout and receive it three times? Two. Three. Clap your hands if you are persuaded about the word of God. So you must be persuaded about God's word and its role and its significance in your life. And let me say to you, my friends, get to a point where you are very discerning concerning the word of God. Such that it is not anything and everything that people throw at you that you will swallow hook, line, and sinker. Get to a point where you test the word of God as it's being ministered to you. As a child of God and as a believer, you must get to a point where when you hear something that is against the scriptures, that does not line up with the word of God, you will say to yourself, Oboa, Omale. No, I'm not saying that when the preacher is preaching, then you jump and say, Papa, Oboa, Omale. No, that's not what I'm asking you to do. But in your head, tell yourself that I can't accept this word. And reject it. Otherwise, you will be led to a place where you don't want to get to. Be persuaded about the word of God and give it priority in your life and your life will be full of the blessings, the goodness, and the favor of the Lord. Shall I receive them all? Number five. I'm sharing with you ten things that you must be persuaded about in this life. Remember that to be persuaded means to be convinced, to have an inward certainty, to have a certain confidence. And one of the things you must be persuaded about in this life is you must be persuaded to continue in the grace of God. Acts chapter 13 verse 43. Let's read from the Amplified Version. Acts 13 verse 43. Amplified Version. It says, And when the congregation of the synagogue dispersed, many of the Jews... And the devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas. This was in Antioch. Who talked to them? Now look at what they said to them. And urged them to continue. And the Amplified Version explains what it means to continue. It means to trust themselves too. And to stand fast. In what? In the grace, and he explains that one too, the unmerited favor and blessing of God. Paul and Barnabas said to the believers in Antioch that continue, stand fast and secure in the grace of God. That means don't ever lose that grace. And don't ever get to a point where you think that you can do without the grace of God. Don't get to a point where you have so much confidence in yourself, in your strength, in your ability, in your gift, that you would displace the grace of God out of your life. It would be one of the gravest mistakes you ever made. So they say to the believers in Antioch, continue in the grace of God. You know the hymn that we sing, go up a bit for me. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me. I once was lost. 
but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. There's another verse. I think it's the last verse. And this is what it says. Through many dangers, storms, and snares, I have already come. Listen to what it says. Tis grace that brought me safe thus far and grace will lead me home it is the grace of God that has brought me this far the other day Paul said I am what I am by the grace of God not because of my skill not because of my strength not because of my abilities not because of my money not because of my connections not because of my political affiliations i am what i am by the grace of god adumo adum adumo adum adum intina metiasi eyawadum tina mewo the essence of my praise is centered on your grace adum Adom, Wadom. Clap your hands for the grace of God, somebody. They said, continue in the grace of God. This is one of the tragedies of this life. Which is that people start off aware that it is the grace of God that will carry them through. But along the line, when things begin to work out for them, when they experience success, when they become blessed, then they begin to think that the blessings they are seeing and the victory they have chalked and the success they have encountered is because of their hard work. It's because of their energy. It's because of some other thing. And then now the grace of God is relegated to the background. It happens over and over and over and over again. And that is why Moses said to the people of Israel in his last speech to them in the book of Deuteronomy, he said to them, remember not to forget. Don't forget, oh. He said, remember not to forget. That was the essence of what he said to them. Remember who has brought you from where you were to where you are now. He said, when you get to the new land and you have eaten, now I'm made a king. You have eaten and you are so full. Then you begin to tell yourself that my mighty hand the might of my arm is what has brought me this far. And this is one of the tragedies of this life. The Bible says of Hezekiah, but Hezekiah rendered not again to the Lord for the goodness that was shown unto him. And it just said, Wankai. He forgot that 
that he was given extension of life because of the grace of God. He forgot that he had victory over the king of Syria because of the grace of God. And that's what often happens to people in the journey of this life. Where you start off conscious of the grace of God. But then you get to another point in your life and you think that it is you yourself who has done it. Always remind yourself. If my marriage is working, it is because of the grace of God. If my children are doing well, it is because of the grace of God. If my church is blossoming, it is because of the grace of God. If my business is flourishing, it is because of the grace of God. Not because of your own might. Not because of your own power. Not because of your own wisdom. Not because of your own strategies. Not because of your investments. Well, you've not seen people do investments and the investment at the church. We've been in this world a few years ago when the economy and the economies of some of the superpowers of this world came crumbling down. We've been here before. Wall Street came crumbling down. So may we always continue in the grace of God. Tell the person sitting by you, my friend, as for me, I will continue in the grace of God. Tell the person, watch me closely. Clap your hands and bless the name of Jesus. Number six. The sixth thing you must be persuaded about in your life as you journey through this life is you must be persuaded to follow the will of God. Hallelujah. You must be persuaded to follow the will of God. Acts chapter 21, reading from verse 10 to verse 14 of the New Living Translation. Acts 21, verse 10 to 14, New Living Translation. Be persuaded to follow the will of God. The will of God is what God wants for you. And what is the best thing for you in this life? The best place for us to be is in the will of God. The safest place for us to remain is within the boundaries and the limits and the confines of the will of God. Anywhere else apart from within the barriers of the will of God will not land us in a good place. And in Acts 21, 10 to 14, the Bible says, several days later, a man named Agabus, if you are looking for a name to give to the child that you are just about to born, please consider the name Agabus. Somebody is shaking her head. If you don't like, say you don't like, but why are you shaking your head so hard? It's a powerful name, Agabus. The short form of it is boss. Or you can turn it into boss. It works. Agabus. Who also had the gift of prophecy arrived from Judea. He came over, took Paul's belt, and bound his own feet and hands with it. 
Now that was a very dramatic prophet, you know. Then he said, the Holy Spirit declares, so shall the owner of this belt be bound by the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem and turned over to the Gentiles. When we heard this, we and the local believers all begged Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. But he said, why all this weeping? You are breaking my heart. I am ready not only to be jailed at Jerusalem, but even to die for the sake of the Lord Jesus. When it was clear that we couldn't persuade him, we gave up and said, the Lord's will be done. What is the story here? So Paul receives a prophecy that if he makes the mistake of going to Jerusalem, something very terrible was going to happen to him. But he said, I'll go. They begged him. They cried. They told him that God reveals to redeem. So don't go. This guy, Agabus, he's a boss in prophetic dispensations. And if he has spoken that this thing is going to happen, believe it, don't go. He said, I will go. And the Bible says, when they realized that they couldn't persuade him not to go, they gave up and said, the will of God be done. What it means, ladies and gentlemen, was that Paul was persuaded that going to Jerusalem was the will of God for him. That the prophecy that he was giving, he realized that bad things were going to happen to him. He was going to be arrested. He was going to be put in jail. And there was a point in his life and ministry when he realized that he was going to die. But he was persuaded to stick with the will of God for his life. And if there's one thing you must be persuaded about, you must be persuaded that the best thing to try to follow in your life must be the will of God. The will of God is mysterious. The will of God sometimes is confusing. I can tell you for a fact that never ever think that if it is the will of God, then there will be no pain. That there will be no loss. That there will be no struggle. There are times when the will of God for his people is that they will go through loss. That they will go through pain. That they will go through struggles. That they will go through sufferings. But you must understand that if your life is in his hands, then he is able to cause all things to work together for good to them that love the Lord and to them who are the called according to his purpose. So once you believe that this is the will of God, remain persuaded about it and don't leave it. Never mind what others are saying. Never mind what others are suggesting. If you are convinced that it is the will of God, stay convinced. And even if it's coming with challenges and difficulties and struggles, flow with it. As I stand here today ministering to you, I know what I have been through. I know what I have experienced. I know the pain, the rejection, 
the accusation, the slander, the, the, all the different things that I have been through. But you see, I have arrived at a point where I am persuaded that it is the will of God for me to be where I am today. I got to a point when I told myself that if God hadn't taken me through some of these painful experiences, I may never have yielded and surrendered to his will for my life. Hallelujah. And so in all of these, I give glory to God and I'm persuaded that this is his will for me. And I'm following it through and through. And I'm determined that nothing should take me or shift me away from this path that I believe God wants me to walk upon. May you be persuaded about the will of God for your life. Shout and say, I am persuaded. Number seven. Be persuaded about your choices. Be persuaded about your choices. The things you choose in this life. Be persuaded about them. Romans chapter 14 verse 2 to 5. I've got six minutes to close. Romans 14 verse 2 to 5. New Living Translation. For instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything. In other words, they are ampucheche. Anything that you serve them, they will eat. But another believer with a sensitive conscience will eat only vegetables. I know that everybody seated here today does not have a sensitive conscience. Where vegetables are the only things. Who is here can say that the only thing you eat are vegetables. Hey! Mopenam! Sradenam, prekonam, pongon, pongonam. Anyway, he says, those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do, for God has accepted them. Who are you to condemn someone else's servants? Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall. And with the Lord's help, they will stand and receive his approval. In the same way, some think one day is more holy than another day. While others think every day is alike. Now, look at what he says. You should each be fully convinced or fully persuaded that whichever day you choose is acceptable. In other words, be convinced about your choices. Paul was trying to address some controversies in the church in Rome. Some said it's okay to eat meat. Meat that has been sacrificed to idols. I can eat it. I just have to pray over it and say blessed, bless, amen and eat. Others feel it's a problem when you eat meat like that. There was argument amongst them. Which day is the holy day? Is it Saturday? Is it Sunday? Paul saw, is it Friday? Now, Paul attempts to solve the problem. And all he tells them simply is this. Be persuaded about your choice. Be persuaded about your choice. 
Now listen to me, my friends. Life is about choices. And every one of us is a product of choices. The choices you make bring you to where you are in life. And without making certain choices, you cannot advance in this life. But you cannot get to a point where you are always confused about the choices that you have made. Because the Bible says in James chapter 1 verse 8 that a double-minded person is unstable in all his ways. One of the reasons why your life is stalling or stagnating is because you are not persuaded about the choices you have made. If she is the one you want to marry, be persuaded about it. You say, I should say it again. I'll say it again. I say, if she is the one you want to be with, be persuaded about it. You can't keep asking yourself over and over again. You can't keep doing that. If it is this boy that you want to spend your life with, the rest of your life with, be persuaded about your choice and flow. And if you are not persuaded about it, forget it. Walk out of it. It will be better for you to break that relationship than to marry and have a lot of regrets. You need to get to a point in your life where you are persuaded about the choices. The choices you make and the choices that you have made. Because if you don't have that persuasion about your choices, you will not be able to progress. So be persuaded about your job. Be persuaded about your career. Be persuaded about your, 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 your profession. Be persuaded about your church. Be persuaded about your pastor. Be persuaded about your friends. You can't keep having all these uncertainties in your mind. Tell your neighbor, be persuaded about your choices. Number eight. Be persuaded that there is goodness in your church family. Be persuaded that there is goodness in your church family or in your brothers and sisters in Christ. Be persuaded. Romans 15, 13 to 14. New Living Translation. Romans 15, 13 to 14. I'm sharing with you 10 persuasions that you must have in this life. And the eighth one is that you must be persuaded that there is goodness in your church family. It says in Romans 15, 13 to 14, I pray that God... The source of hope will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. May your life be filled with so much joy. May your life be filled with so much peace. May God bring you to a state of rest in your life. May every agitation and disturbance of your life evaporate. And may God bring stability and assurance and security to your life. If you believe it, shout, I believe it. He continues, I am fully convinced or I am fully persuaded. My dear brothers and sisters, 
What is he persuaded about? Can you read it with me? Ready, go. That you are... What can you That you are full of goodness. That you are full of what? That you are full of goodness. That's verse 14. Verse 14. And you're 15. 14. I am fully convinced, my dear brothers and sisters, that you are full of goodness. So, Paul is speaking to believers. He's speaking to the Christians, the church family in Rome. And he says, I am fully convinced or I'm fully persuaded that you are full of goodness, that I can see goodness in you. That's one of the things you must be persuaded about. About the church family. About believers. You see, try not to be somebody who only sees bad things about people. Try. Don't be a pessimistic person in this life. When you say you are pessimistic, what it means is that you have a tendency to only see bad things. And when you have to deal with people and relate with people, there is a need to be fully persuaded that there is goodness in people. Otherwise, you will drive everybody away from you. You won't have any friend. You won't have any workers. You cannot stay in any church. Get to a point in your relationship with people, especially your Christian brothers and sisters, and believe that there's a lot of goodness in people. Look, when Adam and Eve ate of the fruit, of the tree, of the knowledge of good and evil, they passed something on to all of us. And so in every good person, there is some badness. And in every bad person, there is some goodness. Because technically, all of us have eaten of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You need to get to a point where you are persuaded about the people around you. So if you are in a church like this, believe that the people you are in the church with are good people. And relate well with them. Relate freely with them. Flow with them. Don't always look at people with a lot of suspicion and always think that people have some agenbon concerning you. You cannot do that. Be persuaded about the goodness in people. Look, there is a lot of wickedness in mankind. But I can also tell you that I have seen places where people have done a lot of good things and you ask yourself, is it possible that there's still some goodness in mankind? The answer is yes, it is possible. If you are looking for perfection, you won't find it. But if you are looking for goodness, there's plenty to find in people. So be persuaded that there is a lot of goodness in people. After all, if you write an exam and they are marking you, you may get fail. You may get pass. 
they may write fair. They may write good. They may write very good. Then they may write excellent. The one that you should be worried about is when they write, see me. When your teacher writes and says, see me. Hey, it will not be easy for you. It is not everybody who gets excellent. If the only way you can get to the university is by getting excellent. But good is not bad. And you must believe that in everybody there is some goodness. Hallelujah. Look at the person sitting by you. Tell the person, I am persuaded. That there is a lot of goodness in you. Tell the person, sometimes you are some way. Sometimes you annoy me. But I believe in you. That there is a lot of goodness in you. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Number nine. Be persuaded about the gifts. The grace. The ability in others. Be persuaded about it. About the gifts. The grace. And the ability in others. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 3 to 5. New international version. Quickly. 2 Timothy 1, 3 to 5, NIV. It says, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayer. So Paul again is writing to Timothy who was his son in the ministry. He said, recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. Then he says, I am reminded of your sincere faith. So Paul is recognizing that there's a certain gift or there's a certain grace upon Timothy. He says, I'm reminded of it. Which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Winnie's or Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. What is he saying? I am convinced that there's a certain gift in you. That there's a certain grace upon you. That there's a certain ability you have. And you must not struggle with accepting people's giftings, people's graces, people's abilities. Especially if you don't have. There must not be a one year because somebody has something that you don't have. And so because of that, you just dismiss it. You just write somebody off because you are envious of what the person has. You need to get to a point in your life where you are thankful to God for whatever gifts or graces or abilities in other people and celebrate them for what is in them. If you are in the choir, recognize that some people sing well and some people are not so gifted. Why are you annoyed with the music dialecta? <laughs> Not eh, eh. He's in rub. He's in rub with Rose. That's why he's always making her to sing and lead the songs. What about us? It won't work. Jesus, I like you. I like you. Oh, yeah. You are spoiling the church. You are spoiling the song. It doesn't work. You don't have it. I remember the other day, I was a music director somewhere. This was many years ago in the university. 
I was leading a group. We were preparing for a concert. And there was one sister in the choir who kept complaining that why is it that Sister Lillian is the one who is always leading the major songs? So one day I called her. I said, it's not a problem. Then I gave her one of the songs. I think I chose one of the most difficult songs and gave it to her because I'm pursuing one or two things. I said, go and learn it. Then during the rehearsals, I'll give you the opportunity to lead the song. The day of accountability came. Hey! By the time she finished, she was crying. Because everybody was laughing at her. Everybody laughed at her. And her problem was that she didn't recognize that this sister has something that I don't have. Be thankful to God for what that person has and be persuaded that she has something that I don't have. And just flow with what you have. Everybody has a gift. Some are major, some are not so major. When the Lord was sharing the talents and the gifts, he gave five to one. He gave two to another. He gave one to the last person. And the Bible says, according to their several abilities. If God has not given it to you, you don't have. So don't struggle with it. Celebrate others who have something that you don't have. And be persuaded about the gift in others. And be happy and rejoice with them. And the last one. Be persuaded that people can do better. Hallelujah. Be persuaded that people can do better. Hebrews 6 verse 9. But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you. And things that accompany salvation. Though we thus speak. The first part again. But beloved, we are persuaded of better things of you. Or of better things in you. Believe that people can do better. Don't be quick to write off people. Don't be quick to dismiss people. Don't be quick to sack people. Don't be quick to retire people. Be persuaded that people can do better. One of the things that I found myself doing all over the years is to give people an opportunity to do better. Perhaps it's a weakness with me. And I've gotten into trouble for that many times. Because I am persuaded that people can do better. The Bible says there is hope for a tree at the scent of water. Why do you always want to write people off? <laughs> Why do you always want to sack people? If you do that, you won't have anybody to work for you. You are fired. A day will come. You will look back. You will even fire yourself. <laughs> you will get to work one day and say, Hey, and no be a major man. And say, Oh. You see your face. You see your face. You see your face. It's because you are not patient with people. And you are not persuaded that people can do better. Please take time for your wife. Okay. She can do better. Take time for your husband. He can do better. Take time for your employee. Yeah, it is true. The house help. 
the food. Every food is bent. Take your time for him. Be persuaded that people can do better. Ladies and gentlemen, my time is up. Rise to your feet and let us close. Shout, I am persuaded. Say it again. I am persuaded. Every head bowed and every eye closed. One of the things I shared with you is that you must be persuaded that God loves you. That you must be persuaded about the love of God. And this afternoon, as we get ready to close, I want to ask you a very important question. Have you responded to the love of God for your life? Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? The Bible says that God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I'm recommending to you the love of God. And when so much love has been shown you, God is expecting you to respond to that love. And the best response you can give is to surrender your life to Jesus and to give him your heart and receive him as your Lord and Savior. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, I want to pray with you. Somebody invited you to this service. But deep inside you, you know that I have not accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. Deep inside you, you know that if you were to die tonight, you are not certain whether you make it to heaven. But you can be certain and you can be persuaded about that. But there's an important step that you need to take. You must surrender your heart to Jesus. And receive him as your Lord and Savior. As every head is bowed and every eye closed. If you want to give your heart to Jesus. If you want to become a beneficiary of the love and of the grace of God. Can you lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you today. To receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. God bless you. I see your hands. I see your hands. Lift it up very clearly. God bless you. God bless you. I see your hands. Your heart is beating. Your heart must beat. But it's beating extra fast because you know that God is speaking to you. Be persuaded that what you are hearing is the voice of God and not the voice of a man. Lift up your hand very clearly and receive Jesus into your heart. God bless you. Now, if you are watching me also, you can lift your hand where you are. You're watching me online. Lift your hand where you are. And those of you who have lifted your hands, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father. Oh, everybody pray and say, Heavenly Father. Today, I come to you just as I am. Oh God, please forgive me for all my sins. Please wash me with the blood of Jesus. From today, I am yours and you are mine. I will serve you. I will follow you. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to die for me. Thank you, Father, for your great love for me. I respond to that love. I am persuaded 
that you love me. And from today, I am saved. I am saved. I am born again. I am a child of God. Thank you, Father, for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you for praying this prayer. And for those of you who lifted your hand, when we close, please come and see Pastor James right here in the corner. He has a couple of things to say to you. Take down certain details about you before we close. But welcome to the family of God. And from today, you are part of this church family. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.